Welcome to Wilder Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Farah. And we're here to serve you with raw and wild conversations about the inner and outer movements of life. And guide you to remember who you truly are. This is a mirror to your deep inner power. So listen and remember. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're so excited to be doing this episode all about what it means to be a woman. Yes. And there's a lot of layers to this. This is really just going to scrape the surface. But we wanted to create a podcast episode where we really got deep into the conditioning that we've been given that made us feel like if we weren't fulfilling those expectations, those roles, those those conditions, then we weren't we weren't a woman. We weren't fulfilling what it means to be a woman. And so we want to really strip it back, ask ourselves what it means to be a woman, what it doesn't mean to be a woman, and be really real and honest about the the struggles we've had from the conditioning we were given. Yeah. And and when we talk about this conditioning, it's just to remember that we have all been conditioned. So men and women, we've all had so much conditioning and there's so much pain in, in all of us. Yeah. Um, and and this episode is really to remind ourselves that actually we we have a choice about whether we want to continue this conditioning and whether yeah. we want to recondition ourselves and keep exactly. allowing those narratives to rule our lives. And, and we're saying no. So we're going to yeah, really... about empowering yes, women. Empowering yeah. women to remember they have a choice and whether they take on those roles that society gives them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Let's, I'm excited. Uh, dive into this mm. one. So, yeah, let's start with you, Michelle. When did you feel that you weren't a woman? What was the kind of earliest mm. parts that that really made you feel you weren't being the woman that everyone said you should be? Ah, oh, such a good question because there's so many parts that come up. But I would say the most prominent one straight away for me was when I was. Around the time of 14, 15, and you know, and I know, I know I still, I was still a teenager, but at that time, you still, you're discovering, you're feeling oh, yeah. like into 16, 17, that time. It's, it's a like, very vulnerable state. Yeah. And, and understanding what's going on in your body. But for me, I would say it's 100% hair, mm. without a doubt. I'm just going to throw it out there for me, hair. And I, that's something that's been my journey. If you haven't heard any of the other episodes, I have come from a Greek background. Um, I'm Aussie, but I come from a Greek background. So I have traditionally more hair. Mm. And so for me, I didn't realize this, that I thought I was alone and I thought I was very hairy. And so instantly I attached that as being masculine. Yes. Instantly. So... I, when I look back now, absolutely, I never felt like I was a woman because for me, the society's definition is to be silky smooth mm. and, you know, you see these things and beautiful, no hair on the body. Yes. Light-skinned, fair yes, hair, yes, not dark. Not dark. And what's mm. this dark hair? There's like, for myself personally, personally, I saw no um, images or advertising on that so yes. I was like oh my goodness yeah I the only be... hair we saw was on men yes yeah. so instantly I linked it yes, to the exactly. masculine and I was like a man yes. so at that time I thought I was like a boy because at that time I was that age and then it moved into feeling like a man so I actually would feel not feminine at all um I didn't have the connection and I also didn't feel sexy mm. so that was a huge component um and I think it's important to feel sexy and and really feel good about your sensuality mm. and your sexuality in your and body. in your body yes. yes and at that time 
moving into my early 20s, still carried it through, carried it through for quite a while. And so I would say the biggest thing was feeling like I wasn't a woman. And with that, I actually don't realize that I was pushing off all the things about being a woman, Mm. like in the way of like anything. So I would say, I do not like to wear dresses. I don't like this because I was like, I can't be because I am not a woman. It was so because of the hair. It was truly because of the hair, like my way of thinking, like when I really look back now at that time, had no clue, but now doing a lot of unpacking of those emotions Mm. and what was going on there was the fact that I felt just not sexy. I didn't feel because of the hair, because of the hair, because traditionally we're not, I have not been shown Mm -hmm. that the areas that I had hair in was normal. Yes. Oh my And gosh. so I linked that to, well, a guy has it there. Yes. I didn't see any other woman have it there. Oh my God. I must be like, I'm, I'm not, I'm yes. not a girl. I'm Me not too. a woman. Oh, I, I hear your pain in that yeah, so much. We've had we've discussed really, yeah. discussions about this. We really yeah. connected actually. <laughs> One of our like first <laughs> deep conversations, me and Michelle, and a beautiful friend, Leanne, um, about a year ago on our teacher training was literally sitting down and speaking about the shame we had about being hairy women yes. and and reclaiming that. And we cried together. Oh my God, this is so healing. Oh, like we sat beautiful. in the, like we remember that on yes. the bed and we were just like, just expressing where we had where hair. we had hair and owning it and oh. being like oh my god do you have hair there too it was a release <laughs> it was so good to feel beautiful. like oh my goodness so lots of women probably yeah. do like we all were crying we were and and it was such a beautiful healing mm. process that just to know that you're not alone, not alone. and then and all okay of us it's okay to have hair, hair there and it's okay to have hair there and be sexy that was one thing I had to reclaim, mm. you know, as being sexy with hair, like, mm. and, 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 and just embracing that that's me. That's where, that's my body. That's what I was given. And I'm no less feminine yes. than some other woman who doesn't no. have the hair there. Yeah. That was super healing. Yes. It really I, was. It was yeah. beautiful. And, and we, we, we really like went through all the body parts that we I had know. hair in and we're like, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm not alone. Yeah, I, I remember that being, for me as well, the hair journey was a big one. And I remember being, again, I'm half Pakistani, so there's definitely way more dark hair happening than most people that I grew up around in England. Um, and so for me, I also felt really, I felt so ugly with the hair, mm, so ugly. And it, it was, and it's a feeling of being at war with your own natural body. Oh my goodness, that is it. That is exactly how it felt. And it's like every hair yes. that pushes out felt like, oh my god you're at war with me again yes. and then like and, and the way even even the, the the waxing and the shaving and all of that and the tearing the skin sometimes like it's such a it is a war sometimes it you is. know against yeah. against something that is so natural and so human um and for so long I I felt so much shame around it and I I remember I wasn't my mom was so sweet she didn't want me to to shave when I was too young because she didn't want us to condition me into believing yeah, that I shouldn't have hair so- but everyone around me was shaving and so I felt so horrible in PE lessons. <laughs> but in, in, I don't know if you know what PE, oh, PE okay. is. Oh, <laughs> okay. I know what it is, but Physical I'm really glad you cl- clarified sports. that because at the moment you sound like PE, PE lessons. lessons. <laughs> Everyone, we learn how to pee. <laughs> at 14. At 14. Um, oh, yeah. there's a new class. <laughs> 
um, yeah, so in, in sports lessons and yeah. we'd have to wear skirts, which is a whole nother thing where men were, where the guys were allowed to wear trousers if they wanted to and it was freezing outside in England, yes. but the women had to wear um, little skirts, tiny skirts. So anyway, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's another one we could dive <laughs> but, into. Yeah, and I remember just like getting changed and just like pulling my socks up so much, trying to hide this hair. Um, and I just was so embarrassed and, 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 and actually truly not knowing where was normal to have hair. Like I had- That, yes. It was crazy. I, I remember like I started to have hair on my nipples yes, and yeah. I, I literally was like, what the hell is this? Like, I'm, am I turning into a man? Like all of these things. Yeah. And it was so much shame yes. and I couldn't tell anybody about it. I literally, for probably around like eight years, I didn't know. Yeah. Until I was like 20 and I talked yeah. to one of my friends at uni about it. I, and she was like, oh my God, so do I. I didn't know that it was normal. And it's by talking about it mm. and then going, oh, okay. A lot yeah. of women have that. And just like, and all the areas, like even if I think about going to like a waxing salon, mm. you don't see mm. like on the, we were talking on about the sheet yeah, of yeah, where yeah. you can get waxed, you don't see nipples, <laughs> but you have, but you see men's chest yes. and all of that. So it's like, okay, so maybe I, I, maybe I fit into the men's category. Yes. I literally went this far when I got, when I started to do more into, um, I went into the road of personal trainer and everything mm. like that. When I started to learn in about nutrition, I remember thinking, maybe I have too much testosterone yes, in my body. I thought maybe thing. I have got this and mm. I'm out of balance and that's why the hair is created and then like I would go into this whole thing yes. thinking I had the answer to it yeah oh my god I have the answer I just need more estrogen yes. like and I would think that these things mm. instead of just like okay no it's there and yeah. that's okay it's normal and yeah and if you think about it we think that the rest of the world like the women in the world don't have hair but actually I've just realized that that it's only because the western media only portrays light-skinned fair-haired girls yeah. right so if you think about look think about india thinking That's about so true. all of those yeah. places um southeast asia i don't know if they have a lot of hair actually but i mean there's, I there's yeah, people yeah. there's women everywhere yeah. like yeah. that have hair but we are only shown the ones that don't have hair so of course we've grown up thinking that there's something deeply wrong exactly with us. and i love our conversations because we're both like so i was born in australia mm. and you're from england mm. and your family also you've got a mix yeah. yeah and and mine my dad's background is greek actually cyprus they're mm. from and so it's it's interesting because we were talking about this but as a Aussie I felt like so I didn't know my place because people would always say like where are you from and I'd be like I'm mm. from Australia like and so my whole link to being Greek was connected to my hair like there yes. was a connection oh, there wow yeah. yeah oh my gosh me too actually. yeah that's why I was just thinking yeah <gasps> wow. and so I was like all I want is just to be light-skinned and yeah, have blonde. blue eyes me and blonde too. hair because she has no hair yes. yeah so I that was huge for me because wow. I couldn't quite link it because I was like I didn't understand and I didn't really have a lot of friends that were, you yeah. know, had background in something like another heritage. Yeah. Or, so like, the most obvious link that we saw every day to us being different, to us being having a different background yeah. was our hair and we hated our hair. Oh Therefore we were rejecting yes. so much of our own. A huge part of us. Identity. Because, yes. Mm. Yes. Like I know now I can be like that and still, I'm still hairy mm. and I'm now what it is is yes, I do remove my hair mm. in areas and some I don't. And then I'm like, I'm very honest about it now. Mm. I'll just say, yeah, I'm hairy. I yes. have peach fuzz all over my face. Like it's like. So your worth isn't attached to whether you've got hair on you or not anymore. Yes. 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 Whereas before it's like, I couldn't even say those words. The thought of I am hairy to somebody else mm. was like, oh, I felt like something in my gut just like, like yes. I, there's no way I'm going to say that. So much those shame. Way. Yeah. And it's almost like it's a dirty thing. It was so dirty. Oh. And this is not, we were talking about how it's not talked about. No, it's not. Like we can talk about other things as women, but the hair. Mm. And then that's what made me feel like 
I was alone. Yeah, like, because nobody talked about it. Yes, yes, I didn't hear any of the conversations about hair or see mm-hmm. images of, mm-hmm. you know, waxing. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a waxing cover, an image of like, um, you know, of us. <laughs> I'm laughing. Where is this going? I don't... <laughs> um, no, I mean, I was just joking as like the fact of like a promotional thing about waxing and then it's like... <laughs> just a place of our body that is not shown on like you just said before where you're like you see women waxing their armpits and their legs and then there's a chest of a man but there's nothing of a woman oh yeah so true right i'm just envisioning i'm just yeah we need some hairy nipples out on the advertisers please (laughs) hairy nipples hairy tummy i get my tummy done yes yes oh my god just like all the areas Oh, I don't know when we forgot that we're humans as well, just as yes. much as men. You know, yeah. it, it is really a human issue. This it, whole it hair is. thing. It's just a yeah. human issue. If you're if you've got hair, good, you're a human well yes. done. It's just part of being human. Yeah. Like it really is. It is. Um so yeah, that's yeah. the hair journey. Yeah. Wow. We're still reclaiming it. We still work with it, you know. Of course. It mm. I feel like that was one of the deepest ones for me. There are so many that this one was the deepest yes. and I had to go through so many layers yes. and yeah, we're still working through mm. it, of course. Even this, even saying this to the podcast right now to everybody yeah, listening, God. yeah, vulnerable. Uh, it's very vulnerable. Like it is, I don't like publicly <laughs> share this. I'm sweating. <laughs> so oh it's God. definitely not easy. No. The road is not an easy. I mean, it can be for some mm. people, but for me, I would say my road hasn't been easy in that way. <laughs> that we were talking before and for you moving in from like the hair was a prominent thing as well but also your experience can with makeup oh yeah you were saying to me um and how you felt um you went through a time where you wore makeup but then you stopped for Mm, six months didn't you yes yes yeah so I've had a very interesting dynamic with makeup I was always a, a child that questioned everything so even when I was at school I used to when I started to wear makeup, I was probably around 14 or 13, like just mascara, you know, like very basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember getting used to seeing myself with mascara on in the mirror and I loved what it looked like. I loved that extra something on my face. And then I started to wear it every day. And after a while, when I took the mascara off, I didn't like what I saw anymore. So I'd got used to seeing this made up version of me and the one that was actually me, the one without the makeup felt not good enough. Right. And so I really noticed that and I was really uncomfortable realizing that I didn't feel okay without mascara. So I would force myself, I was such a little like self-development junkie when I was so young. I forced myself to have one week now and again where I would not wear any makeup to, to force myself to look in the mirror and be like, this is me, this is okay. I'm going to get used to seeing me without makeup again. Yes. So I used to do that. That's amazing. I know. So you were, that's, that's really great at such a young age to, mm. to think that already. To question. Yeah, yeah. to question. And Because I, 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 I felt the dependency on makeup and I didn't, I wasn't wow. comfortable with that. Um, and so. You, and when you said you felt it, like you felt it in your body, you felt mm. you could feel the difference between. Yes. And my confidence level was based on whether I had makeup on or not. Mm. And there would be a real difference if I was yeah. wearing makeup, which then increased to more than just mascara, obviously. Yeah. If I was wearing more, more makeup, I would literally carry myself so differently throughout the school, throughout like right. the way I walked, whatever. 
there would be a lot more confidence. I'd feel a lot calmer in my body and myself. Um, and then when I was not wearing makeup, I started to get really insecure and would even like speak quieter. Like, you know, mm. it really affected a lot of things. Yeah, and definitely. And then kind of going through the next few years, I wore makeup on and off. And then when I was at uni, probably, I, I really wore makeup a lot more. And at one point I realized that I didn't like the face that I saw without makeup anymore. Mm. so when I would take my makeup off I wouldn't like what I saw so I was attaching so much worth to this made up yeah. version of me that I thought I, at the time I felt it was very fake as well I, I like definitely yeah. have had this this relationship with makeup where I'm still trying to figure out whether I, I find it whether I can accept it into my life as an enhancer but yeah. not fall into the trap of me attaching my worth to it and right. feeling so much better with it yeah. so at one point I realized how dependent I'd become on makeup and and so I said to myself okay I'm gonna do six months zero makeup like zero and it was such an amazing journey because at the start of it when I fully just stopped wearing makeup I felt so unseen in society at first mm. truly and I know it was in my head like I know obviously people would see me um but I felt like something had shifted and I felt really invisible without my makeup on and at first it was so uncomfortable yeah. it was so uncomfortable but I knew I was like this is why I need to do this because if I don't feel comfortable and safe in my own skin as it is then I, I it's just it's false confidence it's yeah. I can't I can't keep depending on makeup to give me the confidence and and to give me more of my personality it almost felt like when I wore makeup so much more of me was able to come out because it right. felt like confident so enough and interesting so so it's in there yes your confidence yes. and everything and all the parts of your personality yes. you just said is in there but it you felt that it was the makeup that was doing it yeah not your coming from within yes the makeup just yeah made me feel safe enough to be who I am because yeah. I knew that the physical side of me was fulfilling like society's boxes mm, that's it yeah and so yeah. I've just felt like, okay, I'm, it's safe to be me now because I look in this, this certain way. Yeah. Um, so when I did the six months, no makeup, it was a real journey of at first hating, literally feeling so vulnerable, so naked without my makeup. And then slowly, slowly, after a while, it didn't take that long, I'd say probably like one or two months, I noticed that before, at the start of the journey, when I was talking to someone, all I would be thinking was, oh my God, they're looking at my face and they're, they're thinking I don't look nice or whatever. Um, and I really noticed the absence of makeup. Then it moved after two months into, I would forget about my face when I was talking to someone because it just felt like it was just me, my spirit and their spirit just communicating. Oh, that's so beautiful. I completely forgot about the physical. Yes. It was beautiful and it was so freeing and I was just there valued for what was coming through me. Yes. And it was so, it was it felt so, so so much of a homecoming. I literally forgot about physical complete, like I forgot, forgot about my face, I forgot that I wasn't wearing makeup. And so I started to find my worth again, deeper than skin, deeper than yes. what was on the outside. Very powerful. Yeah, and that was a beautiful journey. Um, and then kind of going off that, it actually went into the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> this is honestly, it's been such a like bungee jump of just up and down, just all around. Um, so after that, it actually turned into me rejecting makeup so much because I didn't want to be valued for my external so it's like and, and I would I would even be angry at myself for having a face that fitted into society's beauty standards 
Right. Because I didn't want to be valued for that. I wanted to be seen as way more than that and way deeper. So, and now I'm kind of starting to come in. Just before I came to Canada, I I bought makeup again, which I hadn't for like a year or like ages. Um, And now I'm trying to, to... to get back into enjoying it as a as a supplement, as something just to play around with as, yeah, as art. Like an, an art, yeah, an enhancer of your inner beauty mm. already. Yes. Like it's an enhancer. Like, because makeup is, it's lovely to wear makeup. It really mm. is. And then it's also lovely to not wear makeup. Yeah, and it depends where it's coming from. Exactly. Where that need yeah. to put makeup on is coming from. And I do not want it to be a dependence. I don't want my confidence to be linked to makeup. But um, yeah, yeah it's, I think it's a constant dance. Like, like even the last week I've worn makeup a lot more. And now when I look in the mirror, I can feel a difference already. I, I, I was like thinking, oh, I want to put makeup on again. And so it's, it's just constant yeah. for me. It's a real dance. And that's beautiful. It's the work that you're doing. <clears> and it's so courageous of you to go from wearing all this makeup mm. and then saying no yes. I'm gonna not question and, yeah, you know, and just quite yeah, exactly but I think it's a, a constant thing because we are constantly being reconditioned yes it, it's also the whole thing about when we were talking about ladylike being mm. ladylike and and uh, being what is being a lady and I think that makeup is infused yeah, in that being as put well. together put together is being, yeah, exactly. even in the clothes we wear like yes. it all has to be really sweet and nice and, yes ugh. you have to look nice and no flaws mm. and just be very put together yeah and appeasing to the eye is not to the male reality gaze. yeah honestly well, <laughs> I, if it, well my reality not put together no. like, no. It's like i don't want to be i i love the messiness mm. and yeah i enjoy wearing makeup and yeah. i my relationship with makeup is wasn't the same but i do enjoy it wearing now and and i didn't discover makeup until like a while until later because I was wearing it when I was dancing but otherwise in everyday life I, mm. I I wasn't but then I discovered it later and it's been lovely and now and you just, see it as like a playful thing yeah 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 like I just add a little enhancer here and there if I feel like it and then other times I'll be like okay no I don't want to yeah I love that yeah and with the ladylike thing let's go into that yes. because I feel like the ladylike archetype of a woman has really been constant throughout our growing up um, and I'd love to find out what your kind of biggest pressure point was there with being ladylike. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this one is a good one for me, for sure. <laughs> ladylike. Okay, I would never call myself ladylike. I would, I would, I thought a certain way I needed to be, but now who I am and who I'm embodying is not like the traditional ladylike. And what I mean by that is that I come from Australia. We swear a lot. Mm. We have a dirty mind. Not all of us. Like yes. I can't speak for everyone, <laughs> but I myself personally can say that that's, that's who I am. And going through that stage in Australia wasn't so bad, but I'd question it at times and I'd be like, oh, I really swear a lot. And the guys could swear. And if I say something, mm. then it's like, oh, yeah. okay, I can't say that word, but yet the guy can say yes. it. And I think for me, it was definitely when I moved to Canada, mm. And I realized that it triggered more in what later in my life about the whole ladylike thing. So meaning when I came here, I was swearing Mm. like all the time and I started to have conversations with groups of people and even the men weren't swearing as much. So it's just a country that doesn't swear. It's lovely. They don't Mm. swear as much. And, and I was instantly triggered on me being ladylike and what that looks like interesting and I started thinking oh my goodness I swear a lot and I don't feel like this is the the society's way of being a lady and oh I probably should stop swearing like I was swearing in a conversation and people were sort of stepped back and were like whoa and then I was swearing and being dirty minded and I would laugh about something and thinking of it in a dirty way and no one else would laugh Mm. and I'm like oh my goodness, okay. Um, And so then I started retreating back 
and was like, okay, well, maybe I'm, I started questioning myself, questioning if I'm really a lady mm-hmm. and what that even looks like. Like, what does lady like even mean? Yeah. Like, what is that? Is yeah. that that I can't swear? I, I have to hold that in and I need to we were talking about not farting and yes. like you know all those so things yes. so big and 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 so then I started to go the other way and be like you know what I realized that when I was cutting that part of myself off because it's a real like huge part of who I am of just being me and authentically me and wildly me I realized I was like it was I felt like I felt tight and I felt restricted and I felt like all trying to be buttoned up, but I wasn't, you know? And internally I was like, I want to scream. Mm. I just want to say, fuck, you know, like, yeah. and then I got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like Good. literally fuck it. And I just started being myself and swearing and it was so liberating. And at first, yes, it feels uncomfortable, mm. um, especially in an environment that is not used to it. So in Australia, I felt a little bit more okay with it because around my way of growing up was like that. Not that, you know, a lot of my friends swore, but it was still just the culture. Mm-hmm. And so more in relaxed. an Yeah, mm. yeah. And and so when I came here, it's like I would say when I started to do it in that way, I did feel that that's more of a challenge when it's in an environment where people are like, Oh, I've never I've never yes. experienced a lot of this before yes. where a lady's just saying with a lady, listen a to me, lady. A lady. <laughs> <laughs> See, a new definition. I'm a lady and I swear. <laughs> Um, and you know what I started to experience is that when I started to be more myself and just when I felt like I just wanted to say fuck, or if I wanted to just, I thought of something dirty and had a good giggle, I started to realize that people were like, wow, oh, this is refreshing. Someone said to me, wow, you're so, you say fuck, like it's just nothing, but it's refreshing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So when here I was before thinking I shouldn't be like this because I don't feel like it's a ladylike way and then moving it into, you know what? No, this is my way. Redefining it, reclaiming Mm. it, finding my power and saying, no, this is true to who I am. It's not like if it's not your truth and you don't want to swear, that's fine. But when it's your truth and you're suppressing and you're suppressing Mm. it, that's what kills me. And so when I just released that, then people could see that within me. And then they were like, wow, it's so Mm. refreshing. And then now I've noticed that people are just, that's a permission slip. It was a permission mm. slip for people to open up and, and them start just being more relaxed. Yeah, you know? I have to say, now that you've said it out loud, you were actually such a massive component of me owning swearing again, for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I really have to say that. I've just realized that because for so long I didn't swear and I used to have so much shame around swearing that I literally was in year eight once. I was 13 and I said, um, I said shit. Yeah, at school yeah. as like a swear word at one time and, <laughs> Love that. and it but it became a, I, I that that week I think I said it a few times it kind of became a habit <laughs> like instead of like oh no I would say that instead oh and wow you yeah. were like I like this word <laughs> yes, I love that word <laughs> and anyway but I felt so much shame that I went home to my mom yeah. and I confessed and I was crying I was like mom I've been saying the word oh. the s word at school and like I confessed it to her and she was so lovely she was like it's okay don't worry oh. but but I didn't from then on I didn't really allow myself to swear and it was definitely this ladylike thing and like I don't know I don't know where I really got it from but then again it's these subliminal messages constantly I think that's it mm. I don't know where I got mine from either it's mm. not like I was I have a mom that was yeah. like you needed to be like this or anything I just think it's just general yes. messages yes. out in the world yeah but and it was so refreshing to see the way you do it because oh. 
I because it's it's uh, like you said, if it's not something that calls you anyway, then then cool. That's yeah, what I'm not need saying to. to people yeah. here go out there and swear yeah, all the time. No, I love swear like... words. They're, they're such beautiful words and they're so expressive. Yeah, right? yeah. And so and so you really have taught me so much about just owning it. If you want to say it, who cares? Just say it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If if you feel like it's your truth and you feel like it feels like you're it's called that you're not just doing it because oh I better just say the word. Like if you're not, that's fine. But it's just I think it's that suppression that really got me. And that's when I would say that I really broke through that. And and also like we we're saying, the farting and stuff as well. Yeah. We are human oh beings. Why is it that men are allowed and women oh aren't? As God. if we don't have the same bodies. Yeah. As if we literally are wired differently. No. Yeah, yeah. No. like we- We uh, all have the digestive course, system. Of course we don't fart. Of course, as a woman, you never fart. What? It's like, of no, of, no, of no. course we do. Yeah. And guys are allowed to, and it's like laughed about with guys as if it's just normal. And then with women, it's like, oh, that's disgusting. And I, I don't get it. And yeah. I literally like, I grew up with so much shame around farting. Like, honestly, I've yeah. told Michelle the story, but <laughs> when I was- with um, my first boyfriend and I stayed over at his place for like the first time ages ago, like this was years ago. I remember thinking, okay, I can't fart. And I literally like kept in, <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> I, I think in. a lot of people could relate to you right yes, now. Yes, I kept in these farts like all night and I was in so much pain. I was literally sweating with pain. Oh my God. Because I was also <laughs> so nervous because I was just started seeing this guy. And I was so nervous. So my whole tummy was just like going crazy and I had to hold it in. And I literally was sweating. I was getting really ill. Like I was in so much physical pain the whole night. I didn't sleep for one second, like literally eight hours of sweating and pain. Oh my God. So my question to you is when you, when he left or when, sorry, when you left, no, I'm asking, I'm not going to ask you this. That must've been the world's biggest part. Because if you are holding on, oh my, it must've been like an explosion. Oh my. So I just feel, yeah, you know what? It's one area. It's, it's, and that ties into as soon as I think of like the society's definition of ladylike, it's definitely not farting. Yes. It's definitely not farting (sighs) in public. It's not burping. It's not swearing. Mm. It's, you know, as we said, the hairy. It really is like, but look at these things. What what are they? All of these traits are literally the basic human traits that animals are allowed to do, men yeah. are allowed to do, but yeah. the only creatures in the whole world that are not allowed to be like that are women. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But yet we're so like desperately needing to fart and yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I don't know why this. This is so liberating. Oh, yeah. I just think, I just feel like coming into like my life in the last... I would say three to four years mm. has been about just owning my swearing, owning these parts of me, like owning so many parts mm. of me that feel, and it feels so liberating yeah. and, and it isn't uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable at the beginning. And I felt it was because thoughts would come up about, Oh my goodness, I'm not being ladylike. People are going to think that I'm just disgusting. Will mm. I even be, am I even sexy? If I swear accidentally burp, mm. you know? Yeah. And so those thoughts did come up. And then um, just keep pushing. I just kept not pushing, but gently guiding myself mm. to be like, it's okay because it comes from my truth and it feels freeing every time I do yes, it. Exactly. And that's what you have to keep. Yeah. Keep following. But I think also what you're saying about, is it sexy? I think that's for me, that's been another layer of the ladylike thing. 
Yeah. So like in society, our worth is whether we're sexy or not. Our worth is Ooh, yeah. always attached to sexiness and attractiveness. Yeah. And I've, I remember when I first realized this was a few years ago and I got so angry at myself for always measuring myself as to whether I was sexy in that moment or not. It's like, I have so much more to give. I'm so much more than just a sexual object or, a, or an object that is appeasing to men or not, or that is pleasing to see or not. Like I'm yes. more than the beauty, more than whatever that else is going on. Yes. And, and actually, and with dance as well, that's really helped me. Sometimes dancing and not trying to be sexy, not trying to mm. actually doing really like weird movements, jagged movements to kind of get me out of that that um, really subconscious underlying current of you always have to be sexy, you always have to look attractive as yes. women. And men men don't have to men don't do that. Men can be way more goofy, I think, yeah. than women. But I, I really I remember really having to sit down and tell myself, your worth is not in whether you're attractive or not. Yes. Like because it was becoming, it, it goes into every area of your being. Um, and like even the lady likes sitting, like sitting with your legs open or whatever. Like men yeah. are allowed to do that all the time. We aren't allowed. And now I like do it on purpose and I love doing ah, it. But, I, feel like, I feel like there's a rebel in us when we do that. Well, we're a like, rebel. Yeah, we see the condition. Yes, we're like, okay, I'm going to test this I do. Out. I have yes. to say sometimes I might go, oh, fucking. Like just yeah. like, and I'm like, I, yeah, I do. I, I've noticed yeah. I can do that sometimes. But in a way to liberate people mm. to the condition, like to chip away at the conditioning. Yes. Right, it's chipping Trigger, away. And yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we need to question these, all of these narratives that have been yeah. there for so long. You yeah. know, it's deeply rooted in us, mm. um, and I didn't even know a lot of it was rooted until I got older and yeah. started to see. Whoa, I really, really believe that's yes. what it was Where to feel like from? to be a woman. Mm. And like you said, that this whole sexiness thing—I love that. It's mm. like you're worth you yes feel sexy i love feeling sexy we're also worth more than that as well it's not just has to be that we have to look sexy yes you know yeah, we've got so that, much to give that inner light where you're where you're just in love with with that inner being within yeah. you and just really really rooted in yourself and and that's not the kind of society's version of sexiness that to me is sexy mm. when you you see someone that's already you're right rooted mm. in their like truth and yes. they just they own they're it and they themselves. embrace it and yeah um we were also talking about uh another segue mm. <laughs> i don't know how that segued off from sexy <laughs> to having a baby but <laughs> that's where i was gonna go that's where i was gonna I go i know i could see that you were yeah. gonna uh, yeah ask um yeah. yeah i wanted to ask you whether there are there was any part of this being a woman journey where you felt a lot of pressure you know like a real pinpoint of pressure from being a woman and maybe some sort of expectation that you were that you feel you've been has been put on you yeah for sure and and when I it's the, it's the whole baby thing mm. for sure um we've had so many discussions about this and our experiences are so different um, opposite, opposite yes. polar opposite like I've I've never had the desire at a young age to have a child mm. I've never had that feeling and I know for you you mm. would you would it's just always been there, always yeah. been there. Mm. so we've talked about this and it just feels so liberating to open up more about it and and share um, from the other side because this has been a lot of pressure um, when I was younger not so much but as I'm getting older yes more and time more, bomb more thing. the whole Ugh. time thing tick, tick, even tick, the way like they time. speak about yeah. it I mean it's not okay yeah it's there's been a lot of pressure um, so I've really had to navigate through that and work through that um, so when I was younger not so much but I've never really had the desire I know friends have gone oh when I get older I just want to have a baby and get married and I really had none of that like truthfully mm. that's not what my desire I ever wanted to do 
was literally I'd be thinking about, oh, you're kidding me? I just want to dance and sing. And like, that's all I would think about. And then I would say it was moving into the time where whether you're when you get married and then when you're married it's like okay the checklist the checklist and now that I'm getting older um and I'm moving more into my 30 well I'm in my 30s <laughs> I'm moving into my 30s I am in my 30s um and getting to that stage where I have noticed there is pressure from well when are you gonna have a baby mm. or um oh so you're gonna have one soon right like it yeah, just because it just you're a woman of course you will yeah an assumption of it yeah. and I have had so much I so there's few things that came to me pressure on myself thinking oh my goodness why do I not have this feeling why do I not have this maternal feeling that everyone I I'm surrounding around has it so something's wrong with me because mm. I'm like I'm not a woman enough yes that would be a huge one I had a thought of like maybe it did trigger actually some of the hair things there it did trigger that same feeling of like okay I'm not a woman enough I'm not because I have the hair. Something so it was, maybe hormonal. It was seriously connected mm. there. Something hormonal again, mm. for sure. Like wow. maybe there's something in me that doesn't have that, where I feel that maternal feeling of wanting to have a child mm. and birth a child. And what's wrong with me? Mm. And so I questioned that a lot. I literally journaled about it because I was wow. like, maybe there's something I'm not un- uncovering here. And so I would journal about it. And so much shame and guilt around not feeling like I want to have a child. Mm. And I just was like, how do I work through this? And and then um, that was one of them. And then now it's shifting for me, actually. So it's me starting to have this thought of like, maybe I can have a kid. Maybe I do. And that's coming from me. That's coming from my truth. I have done a lot of work to unravel that. Mm -hmm. A lot of this was happening in my 30s and early 30s. So I've done a lot of years of just being like, I'm still listening to my truth. I'm not feeling yeah. it. Owning that Owning you didn't, that want, I didn't yes. want it. But I tell you, there's moments where I was like, maybe I should just do it. Like maybe when I have it, that's when, and I know that when I'll have a child, I will have that natural, yeah. like beautiful. Yes. I know that'll happen. I can feel that in my body that it will happen. Um, but I was, it was coming from the place of, Oh, I better do it. Should do, yes. Because there's a lot of pressure and maybe I should just do it. Mm. But then my 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 literally my soul was like no. Mm. No. And so I listened to that and now I'm coming to this beautiful place where I'm starting to go, okay, I'm starting to feel like more naturally. More naturally mm. thinking, yeah, maybe I could do this, mm. you know? And so I think that there's not a lot of talk about that and I do feel like even now I'm just a little uncomfortable speaking about mm. it cuz um, I just, I just feel like that I'm not, I don't know. It's just like, I'm, yeah, I really just feel like it doesn't feel like I'm a woman. Mm. It, that's really how I the feel. Judgment. The feel judgment. The judgment. I'm not really a woman if I have, I'm a woman if I have a child or have the maternal feelings of wanting a child. It's like, why do I not have this maternal mm. feeling? Would we, the question I'd ask myself. Yeah. And it's so strange because when we look at men, if they don't have a child, if they don't, they're not seen as anything missing it's just it's, it's okay it's cool it's chilled I know like, you know and it's so yeah. it's it's so particular to women um this this pressure of, of needing them to want to be a mother and attaching so much worth to that and almost like they've missed something in their life if they haven't done that that is exactly how I felt exactly like that I have been given the well, I haven't tried for a child, so I don't even know if I, I, ca- I can. Mm. Um, but I have given, like, I have this womb, I have everything. And it's like, so if I'm not even trying, am I just like, 
in some way going against what I should be doing. That's how I thought. That's really, I was like, so there was a, so much shame in that of just owning that it's still owning my truth of no. And this once again is linked to society. It's linked to the definition. It's not my yes. truth. That's not no, what no, I really no. was truly feeling. Um, and I don't think that that's actually what you have to do. Um, but it was the linking to the society's definition. So I really believed, oh my goodness, maybe that's the case. Mm. Or yeah, am I missing out on something or you know yeah it was very it's a very tender it's moved it's moved a lot now and actually Farah helped me with that on oh, our teacher training teacher like training. a huge breakthrough came through so beautiful. yeah yeah so mm. um yeah I just feel like that's an area that yeah that doesn't that needs to be talked about, about a lot and that's the kind of underlying theme here all of these areas you know the hair the hairiness the ladylike the swearing you know all of that the the natural bodily gusses. Oh, all of that stuff. Wow, that's a lovely. <laughs> I love it. Oh, all of those things. It was just so beautifully said. Natural bodily gusses. Um, all of those things, they all will be released. I'm thinking about the gusses. <laughs> this is ladylike, oh my friend. This is the new, oh. new age ladylike. Yeah. Okay. All yes. of these topics yes. are going to be solved and released and we'll all be freer once we start to discuss them. So the underlying yes. thing here is that just start talking. Talking. Talking, talking to your friends. Yeah. Just like it's about, we were talking about supporting. Mm. So if we as women support each other. Create a safe A environment. safe environment for us just to be real, yes. messy, yeah. wild, hairy. hairy. Yeah. Swearing, yes, you know, owning, owning you know, like, mm. and just like if you want to, if you feel guided to have a child, if you don't, that's mm. okay, like, but just be real about it, just be real about it. And if we can support each other mm. and show up, then you know, it's just and keep saying, no matter how you show up, I love you just the way you are. Oh, yes, I love you with your hair, I love you with this, yep. I love you with you not yep. wanting to have a child, you're still inherently worthy, yes, mm. yes, yeah. and and by allowing women to be as they are, we are actually allowing ourselves to be exactly who we, we are. are as well. Yeah. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, this whole this whole conversation has really been about reclaiming the word woman, but actually what we're doing is reclaiming the humanness and bringing it back into being a woman. Exactly. It. It's just reclaiming the we're human. Ju- we're just human. Mm. And we... Just as much as man, just as much as, Exactly, you know. yeah. And just, uh, yeah, breaking through some of those... uh, Stigmas and shame and silencing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're ready to change this. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to carry this on. No. It's so heavy. We've got stuff to do in this world. Oh, my goodness. We've got so much to birth (laughs) and create. We don't need to spend our energy getting down about having some hairs on our body or having whatever, farting, whatever. I mean, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Come on. We can do better. So let's start the conversation. Let's be brave. Let's just keep questioning where we got these ideals from about what it means to be a woman and the the real thing that we want to remind everyone is that whatever you want to be whatever is truly calling you when you sit with yourself and go deeper than the conditioning that is the perfect way to be a woman yes that is it and it's your way it's mine my way is different to michelle michelle's is different to someone else's but that's perfect and you are the perfect woman when you listen to yourself and express exactly what you need to in the exact way you want to beyond the conditioning Yes, that's it. And supporting your sisters, your sisters to do the same, to do the same mm. will amplify it and make you feel safe and continue. It's a reflection yes. and we keep seeing it and it's just beautiful. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so thank you so much for going Thanks, on that journey guys. with us. Yeah. We love you so much. Thank you. From our wild hearts, you are safe. You are enough. You are loved. So come home to Wilder. We hope you enjoyed journeying with us today. For more on the Wilder way of life, subscribe to this podcast and join us on Instagram at Wilder Movement. With wild love, Michelle and Farah.